The Free For All Roundtable. Round one. And on round one this morning, we have serial entrepreneur in marketing, tech, and real estate development, plus a part-time farmer. He is Pavin Bratch. Laura Babcock's on the line from Power Group Communications and host of The O Show and international trade lawyer Mark Warner joins us. And Mark, maybe we should start with you on this one, because with all of these travel delays and all the craziness at Pearson, who are people going to sue? (laughs) <laughs> well, the, the, the truth of the matter is they don't have a lot of opportunities to sue in Canada if they're flying on Canadian uh, uh, carriers. So I guess I, I, if they're lucky enough to be uh, stranded on some European carrier, that's the best way of collecting. We'll see what the Americans do if you're on an American carrier. But no, there's a, you know, we, you know, the thing about consumer protection issues in Canada is Canadians tend to get upset about them in the moment. And then we just go back to our regular lives. And what I've observed around the world is countries where actually people get to collect money is when people actually get upset and get angry and stay angry. And we just don't do that here. So unfortunately, no one's really going to collect anything. Uh, Laura, you know, here's the thing. If, if you're at Pierce and you don't have luggage, that's one thing. But we've also hear, heard stories of people being stranded in Cancun. And that's where it gets more concerning for me because that's just a safety issue. Yeah. And uh, also, if you don't have the money to find another Mm -hmm. place that you can stay or if there isn't one available, uh, Cancun's a great city, but not all all hotels are made equal down there. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, you don't want to have people stranded. I mean, we talked about a passenger bill of rights in Canada, right? Didn't we, Mark, after people were stranded on the runway and couldn't taxi into the airport uh, for a long time, a couple of years ago? I think Mark's right. In Canada, we tend to I hate to say it, it sounds cliche, but we tend to be nice and we tend to say, well, there's extenuating circumstances. It's not their fault. There is a storm or this, that or the other thing. I think it is the fault somewhat of airports that they don't staff up enough, that they don't hire enough, that they didn't anticipate the post-COVID surge. I mean, we all knew we were going to stack our travel plans and try to get in as many trips as we could once we were allowed to fly easily. So, I mean, I I do blame the airports for not being ready for this and the government also for not doing more to protect passengers' rights. Well, Pavin, one of the things that I can't understand is this seems to all come back to a conveyor belt that was broken in Terminal 3. And how does one belt that's broken due to cold weather, by the way, we're in Canada, um, seem to be the start (laughs) of this craziness? That's ridiculous. (laughs) How can you tell when an airline is lying? Mm -hmm. Uh, Their their lips are moving. Uh, Yeah. How could one belt cause what we saw across the nation? I mean, it's just just nonsense. And I, I agree with both Mark and Laura, you know, I mean, we have these bill of rights around travel, et cetera, but what a complete failure and not a single word from the government. And of course, our our leader is in Jamaica right now uh, and he gets to fly for security reasons on a $60,000, $70,000 trip on on a Canadian Forces plane. So he doesn't have to worry about any of this stuff. So, you know, they're completely checked out. They have no no response, no comment, nothing at all. Meanwhile, Peter Buttigieg, uh, you know, Transportation Secretary in the U.S., is taking uh, Southwest Airlines in particular to task for their failure. So where is our government? Yeah. Yeah, and communicating regularly. Buttigieg is out there all the time. Can I just say, Jason, in in the ultimate holiday movie, as you know, Die Hard, when he had that shootout on the conveyor belt, it did not shut down air travel across the U.S. So I'm not buying the conveyor belt. We have proof it doesn't happen. All right. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about shutting down a city. Uh, We saw it in Ottawa uh, earlier. We thought it was going to happen again in Ottawa. At least that's what the Freedom Convoy organizers said. Well, no longer 
Ottawa. Instead, Canada Unity, which is the group, I guess, behind the Freedom Convoy, said they were going to have a World Unity Convoy. Uh, Mark Warner, they say Winnipeg, February 17th to 20th. I can't think of a better place for these people to go and hang out outside than Winnipeg in February. Yeah, it doesn't seem quite uh, very like a very smart decision on their part, but maybe it shows that they they, they really are committed to their cause, and uh, and uh, so uh, we should have taken them seriously and not doubted their commitment and sincerity from the start. Right? Um, you know, I, I just I've just had a hard time getting excited about this issue from the start. So you know, I think people got upset when you know people made noise in Ottawa, and you know some of the borders were closed. Of course, they opened before the emergency act came on. So look, I, I guess uh, I don't think the people. Will have but most people in Canada don't even know where Winnipeg is I'm going to guess really you know so I don't think the rest of the country will care very much <laughs> well apparently according to this it's the center of the country and that's why let's quote this people can come from the east coast west coast people will be able to convoy across the nation and will meet in the middle the heartbeat of Canada this is what the organizer said but Laura my question to you is can someone someone please tell me what is now being protested because I simply don't understand understand COVID restrictions are pretty much a thing of the past. Yeah, maybe it's a fundraiser because they had their assets frozen. Um, maybe it's just more attention seeking because they were a little 15 second cause celeb during it all. But I'm not quite as sanguine about this issue as Mark is. I do think that the convoy deeply affected the people in Ottawa. Uh-huh. And I'm glad that the Emergencies Act was put into place. And I think a majority of Canadians in polling after the Emergencies Act, um, after they had the inquiry into it, agree. Uh, as for going to Winnipeg, I lived there for six horrible years. Sorry, any Winnipeg listeners. <laughs> But you know it's the truth. You know what it's like there. That that little week we had around Christmas with the bad weather, try that for two or three months. So if they're going to go to Winnipeg in the middle of February, it just might be the end of this movement. All right. Well, let's move along from that. Pavan, uh, as someone who is in real estate development, I want to talk a little bit about inflation here. Uh, inflation seems to be the buzzword of 2022, but the buzzword of 2023 could be uh, recession. And that is what's been said in a recent survey here uh, with Canadians fearing the recession of 2023. Uh, do you see this coming our way in the new year? Well, it, it uh, you know, certainly the interest rate rise, the raises have impacted uh, businesses. These businesses, uh, a lot of businesses are hit pretty hard already by COVID. I mean, yes, there was government money. So we are seeing, I am seeing a lot of biz, uh, buildings going up for sale, a lot of houses going up for sale. Um, and these are, these are worrying uh, kind of trends. Now, the Bank of Canada keeps saying that's it now. You know, we, we don't think we're going to do much more, but it's, it, it is impacting our economy quite dramatically having said all of that i actually think you know we're still firing on many many cylinders and uh, and and uh, so i'm not you know i don't see a a full or large scale recession occurring our growth is still is still occurring and and the good news is that the us economy is extremely strong despite what you might hear from the republican party and and being adjacent to that that thriving economy is great so i you know it 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 looks like there's going to be a reset i think the fever's broken which is not a bad thing we couldn't continue to maintain 20 25% price you know uh, annual price increases on housing and buildings etc that had to stop it stopped i think uh, hopefully we're uh, we have a good base and foundation now to resume a normal and 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 strong business. 
Well, uh, Mark Warner, though, uh, to take it from there, though, I mean, inflation, yes, a word of 2022, but we're still seeing increases both at the grocery store. And you can say what you want about the real estate market, but it is still up from a year ago now. The bubble may have come back down, but everywhere we're still feeling inflation. And that seems to be continuing on into the new year. Yeah, I don't. I think we, you know, whether the real estate bubble is broken, if that's what it was, is is one thing. But I, I do, I don't think inflation itself has been broken, and and that's a function of domestic prices that we have in Canada. Uh, we also have a lot of, uh, you know, public sector unions who are quite active and strong. They're the strongest unions in Canada, and they are making wage demands, and governments are not very good at resisting that, and and that also creates you know, pressure on private sector unions and other demands. And we also have imported uh, inflation that comes to the prices of the food that we bring in and other goods and supplies. So uh, inflation, I just don't think is is killed. And that means interest rates will remain high, which will feed back into the economy. So I think Canadians are right to worry about inflation uh, in the 2023. And, you know, as interest rates grow up, that does slow the economy and lead to some form of recession. So we hope we don't get back into the bad old days of the 1970s stagflation and and uh but um i think there's a still a lot more to be um to room to go on this before we're out of uh out of the hole well, Laura, one of the things we've seen is a bit of a recovery from COVID. And as far as the workforce goes, a lot of people working from home. But there is a story that is out that a remote worker uh, sleeps during the workday at home, but sets his alarm to jiggle the mouse uh, and therefore make it seem like he is active. I mean, I'm all for people working from home. I think it can be a lot more efficient. But to me, this is the person that proves why we can't have nice things. This person is the best. Bad apple that ruins the bunch. Oh, there's probably a number of these people out there, but it reminded me instantly, <laughs> did it not, gentlemen, of Homer when Homer was sleeping because he was working two jobs to buy Lisa the pony. So he had that little thing tap his, didn't it bird. tap his, yep, the bird, the little bird, power switch, that little birdie. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, you know, so this is this has happened. People have done this before. Um, here's my thing: when you're based on results, then this kind of stuff doesn't matter, right? Uh, I think a lot of people who work from home get a lot done. They might just get it done at different times when they are more naturally awake or when the kids aren't needing something. So, you know, the more that businesses sort of line things up to, do you get your work done by the time set in the way that we need it? Why do we have to watch that people are on their computer for the full eight hours a day? Well, Pavan, you know, you're someone who works in tech and, and, and development. I mean, are you up for the work at home? And do you, do you monitor any contractors that you have if they are working from home? Or you just say, whenever you can get this job done, here's your end date, work how you like. Yeah, no, it's, um, I do not monitor uh, our people, our, our management does not monitor uh, staff in terms of that kind of stuff. But it, you know, it's certainly an issue. There are some folks who, who uh, do take advantage of it from time to time, obviously, as, as Laura points out, there's some bad apples, but you know, uh, anyways, you know, I still think that we do have to, you know, I, I look at the malls, I, I, the malls, I look at theaters, I look at games, et cetera, they're packed with people, you know, so people have kind of resumed normal life everywhere. It seems except for work, except for going back to work. And I, you know what, I, I, I think that we have a lot of major issues to deal with, you know, to get people back to work. The most, the most significant being, you know, the ability to commute to work effectively through, through public transportation, et cetera. And the 
the roads. But, you know, I think we do need to get folks back into into the offices, working together, collaborating, brainstorming, you know, and, and I think we're doing a huge disservice to the young who may think it's great to stay home and roll out of bed and get online. But, you know, they're missing out on so much learning that was so valuable that I think most of us on this on this call uh, enjoyed as, as younger folks. Yeah, it is very different when you get into an office and you actually get to socialize with people. And Pavan there, you mentioned that, you know, uh, events are full once again. I want to end on this. We can start with you, Mark. The World Junior Hockey Tournament is happening. There are people, there are bums in the seats there, but there to me is a cloud from Hockey Canada and the scandals that we've heard this year tainting this tournament. Is the tradition for you? Are you watching? Are you at all interested or is it cloudy? Uh, I haven't been watching it uh, this year, but not because of the scandal, um, just because I'm not aware of any of the great, you know, the prospects. great players, you know, I see, yeah. like, you know, you know, the great prospects when they're coming up, you sort of know them and wanted to hear them. But um, if they are out there, I don't know who they are this year. So, um, but it's still early in the, it's still early in the tournament. Maybe someone will catch on and I'll, I'll tune it on. I, I, I will not watch it because of the scandal, to be very honest with you. I think the scandal is being dealt with. Um, you know, scandals are exist in many, many institutions. It would be naive to believe that they're not. And the, the question really is, how do you deal with it? As, you know, you can't sort of take hockey out of the culture entirely. So um, we got to deal with the scandal and continue to play hockey, it seems to me. That is the last word. I thank all three of you, Pavan Bratch, Laura Babcock, and Mark Warner. I appreciate your time today. Thanks so much. All right. There we go. I guess no one says goodbye. <laughs> Yes, that was Nick on the other side. Just like, John okay, normally yeah, moves yeah. on. Okay, there you go. Thank you, everyone. Thank <laughs> Just you, waiting Jason. for the goodbyes. There we go. They're still there. Catch the roundtable. Round one at 745. Round two at 845. Weekday mornings on more in the morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.